Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You talk down to her. Do I get upset? Absolutely. Absolutely. And do I get a little stern? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll take full credit. But do I talk down to my wife? Absolutely not. Do I make her be feel belittled? Absolutely not. Did you apologize for embarrassing her? Of course, of course, of course. I, I, we had a real conversation. I just told her that um, I take this process very serious. If I didn't, I wouldn't care. I, I wonder if you've, you've examined your tone in terms of how you do talk to her, because you say it's good, but I have heard that you told her uh, that she's got no life skills, that she's in behind you in terms of maturation. So I'd like to hear your side of that. Um, anybody wants to say something, they could say it to me because I don't play those games. And this is my life. I don't, I don't, I don't even think it's funny. So, oh, I don't I, think that's funny. You no, know, it's all not either, funny right? at all. <laughs> I thought the pepper like I, know. I, that's like, all. You're pointing me out to make me look like the bad guy, but I'm really bothered about about all of this. I'm really serious. If she feels that I treat her that way, then she should say no on decision day. of everyone's business but mine with me Kara Berry married at first sight Boston edition I'm just gonna get this right out of the way I felt like we really got hit for the okie doke okay I got bamboozled by that preview from last week and I was really hoping that we would get some cussing and fussing between Dr. Pepper and Elijah Wan that did not happen and because of that I'm feeling a little bit upset and because of that, I think this episode's going to be a little bit on the shorter side. Also, I mean, the sh- episode like really wasn't that good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, let's just get into it. We start off with Katina and Elijah on my mortal enemy. I'm like shocked that I have not come up with a name for him yet. 
usually so good at that, but he's like not even worthy of a nickname. So maybe that's why. Anyway, we start off with Katina and Elijah Wan, and once again, we're forced to, to deal with their like push pull with the whole food situation, whether or not Katina's gonna look, cook, and um, gaslighting. Just like, just emotional abuse the whole time. I, he's joking, ain't shit funny to me, okay? I don't, I have no sense of humor when it comes to this man. And he's talking about like, he's basically going around this shop talking about all the things that she can't cook. You said that you could cook this, but you can't. And I don't know if you can cook this. Maybe you can cook some ribs and you don't want to cook against me because you'll really get your feelings hurt then. I don't care. Okay. At this point, Katina spoke mm, 15 words. (laughs) this whole episode that didn't uh surround the conversation with pastor cal and i just feel like what we're looking at is a woman who is completely emotionally drained and depleted maybe i'm putting my feelings on the situation on her relationship on her but she just seemed like over it like she just barely said anything we'll get into that later but yeah he's like talking about how she can't cook ribs but then he makes her cook ribs and then there's some conversation about his family chicken recipe and how she can't have the uh secret recipe well nobody wants your recipe elijah one okay nobody cares nobody cares about your chicken if you want to talk about your chicken then make the chicken okay we haven't even seen not not a um flour not a chicken cleaning not cutting um no dredging it um buttermilk spices nothing so you're talking a whole lot of cash shit and i just don't care like he says at some point in the confessional that like you know he's a hard worker so he doesn't mind like putting it down or whatever in the home and like having a more traditional situation um but he's gonna have to look behind her because he doesn't trust that Katina isn't going to come home from the grocery store with a bunch of stuff that he doesn't like. Like, okay, what we're do, what you're doing rather is that you're shifting this into jokes. Like you're not communicating any better. You think talking with Katina instead of at her is not yelling. You're saying the same shit. You're just like laughing afterwards. And like, again, ain't shit funny to me. So I'm over it. I'm I'm just over it. I, he's not charming. He's so lame. He's whack. He's corny. Boo. Tomato, tomato, tomato. I'm throwing constant tomatoes at Elijah on. I don't care. I don't care. Um, they decide to have a cook-off. It's not going to happen. He's not going to cook. Okay? Whatever. Moving on to Lindsay and Mark. They, their scene begins with sad music. Like, we already know that a <laughs> post- Nothing, nothing good happened post cat fight. They could not get themselves out of it. Not, not a cat photo shoot filled with cats and costumes just littered all over their apartment could lift their spirits. Mark, speaking of drained, like Katina is Mark equally, equally drained. Okay. Sahara desert are his emotions right now. He, Lindsay starts speaking about how, you know, she's looking for consistency same shit she's been saying this whole time. Okay. Mark's eyes, like I said, were at a normal level. You guys know that I'm now a translator with his eyes. And so I could just tell, like, he's not even his usual shell shocked or like 
on alert. He's his eyes were at like a normal level, like a level where I wasn't concerned about the dryness and you know the potential long term effects. And that's when I could tell that he was emotionally checked out. He keeps trying to tell Lindsay that he's been asking for healthy communication. And while she's been asking for consistency, she keeps ignoring what he wants and just keeps talking about how much consistency she needs. (sighs) Like I said, the photo shoot did not go well. And he tries to just be like, hey, our communication styles are really different from each other. And that's like, fine. But what I'm going to try, like it is what it is, right? Lindsay starts to cry. She starts crying. Okay. So then Mark very plainly says, moving forward, I can stop trying to bring negativity to a situation. And Lindsay's response is to ask him when he's going to start bringing some positivity to the situation. (sighs) Mark gets annoyed because Lindsay cut him off again. So he starts over by saying, I will try to be positive in moments when you're trying, when you're being negative, And I hope that you can start giving me what I need. And her only response is, Mark, all I ask for is consistency is to, and to feel appreciated and cared for. And you're so inconsistent and you give me infection and then you pull it back. And at this point, Mark starts getting really aggravated, right? And he keeps asking Lindsay, like, like, you keep threatening to leave. Like, you're saying that you want consistency, but every time we get into it, you keep threatening to move out and blah, blah, blah. And so Lindsay says, well, do you want me to move out? And he's like, if you want to. <laughs> like, he's he's over it at this point. He's like, keeps talking to her and he's like, you know, I really have been trying my hardest to be with somebody who's been difficult for a long time. Okay. And... He tries to apologize, but, you know, it's, like, sort of passive-aggressive. Like, I'm sorry for not being the man that you want me to be. And she tries to call him out for, like, not being consistent again. And he brings up a pretty great point, I thought, which is, like, hey, I'm not the one who's always threatening to leave. Like, I've been here this whole time. I've been staying. I've been present. So, like, you say I'm not consistent, but at least I'm here and participating. Um, it's a good move. She realizes in that moment that she can't really argue that. Like, it's an irrefutable fact that she has threatened to leave multiple times at this point. And so she decides to move the goalpost, right? And she's like, well, Mark, you don't respect me. You don't show up for me. And Mark is just like, okay. (laughs) And so she walks out. And, like, God bless. Like, I have been Lindsay before. So I don't want to like act like I'm like so above this behavior or that I have been. Um, But it's like, you got to look outside of yourself. And I've said this before on the show. It's like, at some point you have to realize like, is your, are you guys arguing or is like your relationship an argument? Like, have you remembered what it is? Cause like, it just seems like your whole, their whole relationship is just the, the fight and they're not enjoying anything else. And it's just like a constant, just like joust almost to call somebody out for their behavior. Like, see, you did this, you did that, you did this, you did that. We're still fighting about the same damn thing. And like, now it's like, what is it all for? You're not enjoying a single thing about your relationship. So end it. 
for us all, frankly. <laughs> um, then we have the couple sitting down individually with Pastor Cal and Dr. Pepper. So starting off with Steve and Noy. Steve meets with Dr. Pepper and she starts off with some like philosophical shit about how, you know, when you have a problem in a relationship, it's not like either person is the problem. The problem is the problem and it's up to the couple to try and fix it. Okay. So then Steve tells Dr. Pepper that like after the first social media post uh, that Noy posted, he asked her to stop. And then recently she did another one about how like, you know, the moment you feel like you deserve more, you do or, you know, whatever Khloe Kardashian ism uh, she posted. And he said, like, I kind of felt like that post had the same vibe as the first one. And it's like a two prong situation. One, I don't really know what sparked this post from her. And two, I set the boundary of like, hey, stop putting our relationship on blast on your Instagram stories. And she didn't respect that. Dr. Pepper says, I totally get that. I fully agree with you. But maybe like she's acting out of fear. So maybe it's up to you to figure out what her fears are and to make her less afraid. And then Dr. Pepper brings up him not having a job and suggests that maybe he tell Noi what his plans are and ask her how she feels about that. Something that they really should have done like weeks ago. (laughs) Seems like a pretty easy conversation they could have had and they've been dancing around it. And I don't understand why neither of them seem to under, well, I don't know. I almost feel like from Noi's perspective, she feels like this is something that Steve should bring up since he's the one who doesn't want to have a job. And Steve seems to be fully in the dark about the level to which this bothers Noi, even though they've also had like multiple conversations about this. Like, I don't understand what's not clicking for either one of them, but uh, like they do have really bad communication. (laughs) They're absolutely right. Um, And like, what are you guys doing when we're not seeing you guys on camera? Um, so yeah, so she's like, you know, maybe just suggest, ask Noi if you can keep your relationship between them and to like not go outside of that. And then Steve starts to get like very flowery, like what I would call bullshit about how their visions don't align. So he needs to watch out for himself so he doesn't feel like he's being taken advantage of. Dude, all she wants you to do is get a job. How is she going to be, how is she taking advantage of you? What? (laughs) That doesn't even make sense. And this is where like he gets me tripped up because I think I want to be on his side. And I think that like he probably has like reason to be so strong in his convictions about this whole thing. But like, First of all, communicate it. And secondly, he's like, stop saying shit like this. Like, I feel like she might be taking advantage of me Why? by asking you to get a job. Like, what sense does that make? What does that mean? All she wants for you is to work. That's it. (laughs) I don't I don't get it. Like, I don't know. He says, like, it just doesn't align with my visions. And then he wonders why she doesn't 
feel secure about that. Like, um, really think about this. Okay. Like, think about this guy who... I feel like the general consensus is, like, we would all be okay with a Steve if he's financially secure. And he seems very secure about his finances, whatever they may be. He seems very not concerned about this. But imagine this guy sitting down, or your partner sitting down and tell you that, like, getting a job doesn't align with their vision. You wouldn't feel secure about the future either. That seems like you know, Xbox in the afternoon behavior, right? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't love that either. So I, I'm, I'm of two minds with this whole situation, but mostly I just like want it to be over. Like, let's just have the talk. I mean, they do. And even then I like, I still don't feel good about it now, but where, where, what are we going to do? I don't know. So then noise is down with Pastor Cal who starts off by bringing up her tendency to post about her relationship on social media and how, you know, one little thing can just screw the whole thing up and you don't want that. And she seems to get that. We'll put a pin in that for later. Um, So she says that she's like, you know, with regard to him getting jobs, she's like, I just want to know, can he get a job? <laughs> can, can he get one? Like, is it even possible? How is he going to plan on providing for our children in the future? And she's afraid about that. And so Pastor Cal asks Noy to ask Steve verbatim, like, how are you going to ensure that I feel financially secure about our future? So then when they get together after their conversations, Noy asks Steve if he talked to Dr. Pepper about anything that they hadn't discussed before. And he brings up the second Instagram post. So he asks her, like, you know, why do you feel the need to broadcast to the world that our relationship is in distress? (laughs) That hurt my throat so bad. (laughs) And I know what I have, like, a deeper voice. And that, that... I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> so, um, Noi says like, yeah, I, like I can understand why you might feel some type of way about that. But like the post actually wasn't really directed at you. And then Steve kind of calls around her bullshit and says, you know, even if it didn't have to do with me, people see that and they're going to make assumptions that it does have to do with our relationship. And like, I don't like that. So finally she says, you know, well, actually, I do feel that way sometimes. And Steve just sighs. <laughs> so then Noi says that she spoke to Pastor Cal about the social media posts, and she completely sees where both of them are coming from. But at the same time, this is her social media, so she can just post whatever she wants. <laughs> I mean, I guess, girl, like, is this something that you really want to hold on to? Because first of all, like, let's be real. Those Instagram posts are lame, right? Like, nobody really gets anything. Like, we're done getting those. Like, it's not like, maybe this is just me. Like, I'm not flipping through people's Instagram posts. And I just feel like it's for you. It's like your dreams. You know what I mean? Like, nobody wants to hear about other people's dreams. Like, if that is a motivator for you and you want to post it, that's fine. But like, this really ultimately isn't for me. It's like, you want to share how you feel, right? Um, I'm, I, y'all know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they're lame. And what is she like 35? Like, we can we can get over it. We can get over the Instagram motivational posts. Uh, we can we can 
pass it through. Like, is this something that you really want to hold on to in terms of your marriage? You know what I mean? Like, it's just not worth it. Like what? And then he breaks up with you and then you go back on the dating scene and you tell some guy that you met on Tinder on your second date that your dude divorced you because he didn't like how much you post on Instagram. Like, you see how that sounds? Like, (laughs) you wouldn't want to hear that on a date. So let's just like maybe cut our losses here. It's just not something to hold on to for me. Right. Um, So she continues to say, you know, I do see your uh, perspective and I respect it. And Steve is like, do you respect it? <laughs> Cause I'm not walking away from this conversation feeling comfortable that it's not going to happen again. She's like, okay, well we can just agree to disagree. <laughs> um, so then she says that like, when she posts like that, she's ostensibly telling the world that he's not enough for her. And He's like, what more is it that you need from me? Like, what is it that you need that you feel like you deserve? Hanoi says, I need a partner who can prove that they're financially secure because I grew up poor. Everybody in my family has like this really big work ethic and... I like don't like to sit still and to see you do it is like pretty unnerving to me. Somebody asked you and forgive me. I I can't remember your name right now, but you asked me if maybe Steve grew up rich. And I think in this conversation, like, yeah, I'm seeing, I'm picking up what you're putting down here. Like there is an ease (laughs) to him that makes me feel like money is just not, Uh, Like, clearly money's not a concern for him, like a top priority. He's made that very clear. But it seems like it really never has been. And so, yeah, when she's saying, I want to, like, almost correct myself, because I think in a conversation with my sister, maybe, I don't, I don't remember. But I said that, like, it's not necessary that she, like, has to say, I grew up poor. Like, it's perfectly reasonable to want to be financially stable. Um. I do think that, like, if he has been, if he grew up, like, upper middle class or rich or whatever, it is a, an important conversation to get, like, yeah, I I don't have that mindset of, like, stability, financial stability. Like, it is, like, a very, very different thing. There have been studies that have been shown about how, like, wealthy people just process the world differently because they have safety nets. And so, like risk like people who have um money who grew up with money struggles are like they operate from like a risk they're operating from like a place of fear at all times whereas like rich people and people who've been financially stable they they they, like don't have that so (laughs) i think maybe it is important for her to break down like this is very like we're operating from two very different mindsets here and like i need you to kind of throw me a bone basically um so steve she asks, like steve how are you going to show up to me and make me feel more secure about our finances and he's like listen i'm all about having a conversation we can make a plan for a future like i have no problem with that so in a confessional noe says that she feels like she's going to have to see what the plan is before she feels secure about anything and i'm like i'm with you girl (laughs) 
<laughs> like, I'm excited. Let's have that conversation. But like, I, I'm not, no guarantees, no guarantees. And again, like, why did we not have this conversation so long ago? Moving on to Michael and Jasmina. Pastor Cal sits down with Michael. We didn't see any scenes of them, like, as a couple, right? Like, we saw them talking to the experts. We saw them afterwards. I guess that counts. But, like, we didn't see any scenes that didn't have to do with the experts. But, um, so Pastor Cal sits down with Michael, and Michael says that, like, in the beginning of his relationship with Jasmina, there was a time where he was just doing things for her because he felt like that was supposed to be his like husband duties. He wasn't like wanting to do them. He just felt like he had to. And now it's sort of evolved into this place where like he likes Jasmina. And so he actually wants to do things for her and he feels connected to her now. And that he's not doing things out of obligation. So pastor Cal encourages him to like notice He's doing the work and the feelings came after. And that's kind of a good thing. Like you don't know this person. So you start by, you know, kind of like fake it till you make it. Right. Then they switch to a conversation about the physical and pastor Cal asks Michael what he thinks Jasmina would do if he touched her. And Michael's like, I don't know. So then when pastor Cal asks him like why he hasn't tried that, Michael says that in the beginning they would kiss each other before they went to bed at night. And at some point Jasmina told him, I just kind of feel like I'm doing that because I have to and not necessarily because of like physical attraction. So Michael told her, well, I don't want you to feel like obligated to be physical with me. And Pastor Cal was like, oh, that's like a grave mistake. You should have taken what you did with regard to doing things for Jasmina and then having the feelings come, like have her continue to kiss you and then have the feelings for come. Like don't shut that door down and, you know, breed a possibility of having that like friend zone situation grow. I don't know if I like fully agree with that. I guess when I, when it comes to conversations about like physical and boundaries (laughs) I don't know. I just feel like uncomfortable with him being like, Oh, you shouldn't have stopped that. Or like, you should continue. I don't know. Like, I guess if she's not feeling it, like maybe he should not say like, don't feel obligated. Maybe he just should have just listened to her and let it be and let her figure out what she wanted to do. But (sighs) I don't know. It's it's complicated, isn't it? Um, So then, yeah, Pastor Cal is just like, That was a dumb move on your part, but moving forward, just, like, compliment her. Try to foster some sort of, like, intimate feelings between each other. Maybe touch her just a little bit. Like, don't go in for the kill, but, like, just little things here and there. And so then uh, Michael says his concerns really are about decision day, and Pastor Cal encourages him just, like, finding Nemo style. Just keep swimming. Rise as a husband whatever that means now's the time to do it i hope you know what he meant by that michael because i certainly did not um so then dr pepper meets up with jasmina and jasmina says that she feels like michael keeps saying that his past is the way he is but she also doesn't know enough about his past so she feels like 
The physical can't come because she doesn't really know him. They don't really have a foundation. And so Dr. Pepper tells Jasmina that those conversations come with trust and asks her if she feels like she's even giving Michael a safe space to talk more about his past. And then they switch to a topic of sex. And Jasmina says that she usually doesn't have any problems with intimacy as long as there's an emotional connection. Um, but it's not happening here. <laughs> so she's now said this twice to her sister. She said it to somebody else and she's now saying it to Dr. Pepper. And I feel like at some point we got to start listening to her, you know, when Dr. Pepper suggests that they like start touching each other a little bit more, Jasmina says, I'm not uncomfortable with Michael touching me. It's just that I don't feel anything when he does. <laughs> so Dr. Pepper suggests that, you know, when they start having these deep conversations and maybe they hold hands or something like that. And Jasmina says that she feels like she has affection for Michael, but it's for just like moments at a time. And that that's why she doesn't go for it because it's just like short bursts. And Dr. Pepper's like, well, you know what? Life is moments. So just go for it, girl. (laughs) Just do it. Right. So when they get back together, Michael tells Jasmina that he actually needs for her to be a little bit more vulnerable. And Jasmina says, I hear you. Like initially I was holding back, but now if I do it, it's not a purposeful thing. It's like something that I'm trying to work myself out of. And then Michael asked Jasmina if she feels like like physical chemistry can be built over time. And Jasmina says, well, actually, that was kind of my question for you. So she says, I'm kind of less worried about us being physical during decision day, as long as there's a connection. Like, if we're feeling each, excuse me, if we're feeling each other and we still haven't, yeah, that's fine. Like we can work on that. I I'm more concerned about the emotions than, than anything. Right. And she then says like, but in order for us to have deep feelings, we're going to have to have some conversations about your past because I just feel like I don't really know you that well. And Michael, honestly, he's like, I fully understand. Um, and those conversations are going to start coming easily because I like you now. <laughs> so Michael then asked Jasmina, she genuinely feels like there's enough time for her to build an emotional bond before decision day. And she's like, it just depends on how much effort, how much we're doing. Um, we'll see. We'll see. <sighs> so then finally, Steve and Noy sit down for a conversation about finances. Finally, we're here. We've done it. We've done it. Steve says that there are a few different scenarios that could play out. One of which is him getting, wait for it, a full-time job. Okay. And he's like, I can definitely do that. But then immediately he starts pussy popping it around and saying like, well, you know, but what if I could work less hours making as much or more than I would at a full-time job? Like, how would you feel about that? And Noi just stares at him. And then he says, well, you know, maybe you're more used to having a full-time job, but like I've done some more entrepreneurial things before. And, you know, that's another possibility that I've been thinking about. And I just want to see if maybe that's something that you're comfortable with. Maybe we can explore that. And no, just staring at him because 
I've done some entrepreneurial things before and that's worked out. And maybe we can discuss that is not anything close to a concrete (laughs) plan. (laughs) That's just words. And if I were me, if I were Noi, I'd be thinking in my head like, okay, well, if you have the opportunity at all these great jobs that would be making you more or these entrepreneurial activities that are just rolling the dough in for you, then why are you not doing those? If we, if we can explore the option of why those aren't happening, you know, the, these entrepreneurial um, ventures that he's going on are giving like timeshare, you know, it's giving like uh, come for a free lunch and we'll, we want to talk to you about some um, exciting opportunities. Like it, it's giving scammer and I'm understanding why Noi is not saying anything in this moment. Then possibility number three really threw me for a loop when Steve suggests that Noi take time off herself and see how you would feel about that. And, you know, maybe it would be good for you to like have some freedom and be able to do a little bit more of what you want before we have kids. Steve, what is that going to solve? She wants more job and you just suggested less job. She wants two job. You suggested zero. So how's that going to work? <laughs> how is that going to work, Steve? <laughs> Sir, dog, I, like, I, I can't rock with you on this one, you know? <laughs> At that point, Steve asks what her timeline is for having a baby. And she's like, well, I don't know if you're going to agree with this, but I was thinking like a year. And Steve's like, yeah, sure. Totally. Like, I'm totally fine with that now. No problem. But... Can we talk about the diaper situation? Like, are we going to do 50-50 on that? And she's like, you can change the diaper. He's like, well, mm, (laughs) that really seems like something that you should do. And so what are you going to be doing, sir? Zero job, poopy diaper baby. This is what I mean. This is your future. Neither of us have jobs. And we just have a baby with a dirty diaper. (laughs) Just great. (laughs) If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. All right, next up, we have Mark and Lindsay. 
I feel like I talked about them. Oh, they had a scene before that. Okay. So before meeting up with Pastor Cal, Mark does a diary cam by himself. And he's basically talking about how he's hit a limit. And he's worried that nothing is going to change over the next few weeks, that it's just going to be Groundhog Day, and they're going to tumble into Decision Day, and he's not going to have an answer, so he's just going to have to say no. Well, no is an answer, Mark, but that's fine. Um, Pastor Cal starts off when they meet up by saying that, listen, I know Lindsay's delivery can be a lot, but you have to understand that people react in the moment and not they're not always like thinking clearly. And um, then he says like, Lindsay's kind of a shoot first and ask questions later. And he suggests to Mark that he tell Lindsay how he wants to be treated. Otherwise she will treat him how she wants him to be treated. (laughs) So then pastor Cal reveals that during the matchmaking process, uh, Mark started talking more about his family dynamic between his parents and how his mom was depressed because she didn't like the way her life went. And so she lashed out and she would lash out at his dad all the time, oftentimes unprovoked and out of nowhere and Mar and um, pastor Cal giving his like finest Ian Van Zant moment says, Mark, are you afraid of being your father? And Mark's very large blue eyes well up with tears, just like a shark swimming through the ocean. And he says, he's never really thought about that. And you could tell, like, he kind of, this really took him somewhere, right? Like, we're having an aha moment here, right? And then... Pastor Cal swings for the fences again and says, Mark, Lindsay's not your mom. And if you give her what she wants, which is just for her to know that you're in it, then I bet you're going to see a lot of your arguing subside. Then Mark says that he feels like at this point they should be communicating a lot better. And Pastor Cal basically rolls his eyes and is like, well, expectations are going to ruin your relationship. And you've never been married before. So like, you can't say that we should be here by this point, yada, yada, yada. And you don't know how it should be right now. (laughs) Thanks. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I don't know what this is. So (laughs) chill. Um, that was, it was a weird response. Like, to say, like, I would hope that 40 days in we could communicate better, I think that's a fair expectation to be able to talk to somebody without constantly arguing with them and them walking around um, and walking out of the apartment and saying that they're done. Yeah, I mean, I would say that that's probably a fair expectation to have. I don't know. Pastor Cal's like, basically, I have no question with you guys you can definitely be happy we're good don't worry about it (laughs) i just feel like they're just like you guys might be one of two that they we think have a shot in hell at saying yes at decision day we gotta get our numbers up so (laughs) go out there you crazy kids and be somebody just just hold on for three more weeks okay and then you could do a quiet announcement on us weekly that you guys broke up and like nobody will be any the wiser okay unless you're listening to me in which case i will let you know okay anyway then dr pepper meets up with Lindsay, and i swear i had a flashback to the (laughs) um the the 
movie poster for twins, you know, the Danny DeVito and um, Arnold Schwarzenegger vehicle. And it's not that I want to call Dr. Pepper Danny DeVito. It's just that there was a significant height difference and I noticed it and it just brought back memories in my mind. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. And also Danny DeVito is an absolute national treasure. So we should all be so lucky to be compared to him, frankly. Like, Dr. Pepper barely cleared Lindsay's belly button. It was really a sight to behold. Anyway, how tall is... Never mind. (laughs) Okay, so they start off by saying, you know, Mark's a really nice guy, but she's starting to notice a pattern with him. And that's that he is really consistently inconsistent. And that it feels like whiplash to her. And that she told Mark that she gives all of her love in the beginning. And when you lose it, that's it. So Dr. Pepper stops her, stops her there and is like, you know what? I need you to stop forecasting your relationship. I need you to stop saying like, if this, then this final situation is going to happen. Because the only thing that that's going to do is make your partner be defensive. And then Lindsay says that her second part with Mark, because she didn't really care. That didn't really sink in with her, by the way. That her second issue with Mark is that Mark pours into everybody except for himself, which in turn affects her, and that she would like him to stop giving to so many other people so that he can give to her slash them, mostly her, right? Um, So Dr. Pepper says... Is there another way that you can ask that? Because I feel like that's a bit of a criticism. Like, you need to tell him how things make you feel without making him feel like a bum or a bad person or like somebody who betrayed you, right? And Lizzie says that often when she's sad, she has a tendency to lash out in anger and be mad instead. And it's like a mask for her. And so Dr. Pepper says... I'm going to need you to lean more into the sadness, which I like, I got what she was saying, but it just, it feels like maybe we could have reworded that one, Dr. Pep. Anyway. Um, then Lindsay says, does she feel sad? Like almost all the time. And she feels like there are good moments and that she's like, tries to make her life be happy, but mostly it's just like really sad all the time like all the time. And then it's just one bad thing after the other. And in a confessional, she talks about her relationship with her mom and how her mom um, would just be so mean to her. And that was what triggered her into like being angry all the time instead of being sad because she didn't know what to do with her emotions. And like, this scene was just so weird because it seemed like Dr. Pepper skated through her very obviously saying that she was depressed. I hope that like after the cameras turned off that Dr. Pepper was like, Hey girl, like, do you need actual help? Because it really felt like a cry for help from Lindsay. Um, yeah, it was, I hope that there was more done than just that because that was like a lot. And I really hope that she got help. Um, so Dr. Pepper suggest to Lindsay that instead of shutting things down, she just say yes or modify it because she was, Lindsay was saying that like Mark told her that he was starting to care about her. And she responded by saying like, basically I wish I could, I'm just like not there yet. And so she's like, Dr. Pepper's like, well just instead of saying like, no, I like I like negative responses, just be like, yeah, I, care about you too, but this is what I might need example, right? So then she gives Lindsay three questions to ask Mark 
as though he's the genie, which are, what do you, what do you think love is? Um, to define what an emotional connection is to him. And the third question being, how can he handle his emotions in a way that don't lead to combat? So then they, before they have their meetup, Mark films himself again in his car saying that he's just worried about this conversation. Not so much because of the questions um, that Lindsay's going to ask, but more because he said things that have not been affirmed in the past. Like he's asked her to do things. She said she's going to do them. And then she doesn't. And so then when they get together, Mark starts to get upset again about the things that came up in his conversation with pastor Cal regarding his parents. So then he tells Lindsay that like the biggest thing for him is when he tells her something that she communicate back in a way that's empathetic because when she yells, it triggers his past trauma. Lindsay again, like does not take in what he says or really gives him any sort of, um, acknowledgement or anything. She says that, um, you know, she feels like if she says something more than once to Mark, that he accuses her of nagging him. And that also she has a tendency of like, she'll meet your energy. So like, if you go somewhere, she'll go there. If you go scorch earth, she's got the lighter too. No, it's no problem for her. And honestly, like at that point I got a little bit bored and I spaced out a little bit, but I did pop back in when Mark says that he is invested in this relationship and he's not going anywhere. And Like, he maybe, like, she, Lindsay, maybe could have read that literally. Like, I literally have invested in this relationship. Like, if I get out of it now, I'm going to have to pay a penalty. So, like, that's why I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) Which, you know, not not exactly romantic, but, you know, whatever. Um, They hug. Lindsay says that in a confessional, she heard exactly what she wanted to hear and that she feels hopeful. Great. That, that's all we ask for. Okay. Um, moving on to Katina and that man she's been paired with. Uh, Katina meets up with Pastor Cal and she says, first in a confessional, that she doesn't really like meeting up with the experts because she doesn't like sharing her feelings that much. But like, girl, you need to get in front of some people. You need to hear some things from anybody else than that man that you're married to. Like, literally a child, um, your barista, uh, just a person that you see in the, the home section of Target, like anybody else, anyone else. So Katina tells Pastor Cal about the dating app situation and how she didn't mind the fact that he felt some type of way. She just didn't like his approach and how he communicated that. So Pastor Cal, Cal says, um, Courage is hard and to figure out what his triggers are. Excuse me? Excuse me? (laughs) He goes on to say that knowing more about who Elijah one is, is going to help her understand why he reacts that way. But that does not solve the fact that he acts like a bitch. Like, what do you mean? Like deep, go deep down to figure out your triggers of why you're mean to me. Okay, what does that solve? <laughs> I got to go down to Bikini Bottom to figure out your, why you're yelling at me? Great. <laughs> at least now I'll know the answer. <laughs> Great. 
Then they switch to the physical sex chat, and Katina says they're not hunching, okay? But she knows that Elijah Wan is definitely attracted to her. Like, they'll have little moments where he'll, like, pat her on the booty or, you know, kiss her neck, and, like, she she's feeling it. But she's also, like, keeping herself guarded because she doesn't want to get dick dizzy. Uh, Pastor Cal is he's a little slow to understand what the term dick dizzy is, and it does seem to put him in a tizzy. But he basically is like, you know what? Being dick dizzy is fine when you're married. Like, that's totally okay. But um, I can understand why you might not feel like you want that if you're just dating somebody like you're you're in a dating mindset okay <laughs> okay and then he asks her if she has any doubts and she says yeah and that in the back of her mind she feels like nothing lasts forever in her relationships and so he reiterates that she's having a single mindset which honestly is like starting to annoy me but then he says that he calls her out for like still having doubts and that she seems like she doesn't really want to talk about it. Like, and I think he's absolutely right on that one. Like, I don't think it's that she's not prepared for marriage. I think she's hiding stuff. Very different. (laughs) Then Dr. Pepper meets up with Elijah on, and I was so excited because she says in a confessional that she's gotten reports back about the quote, harsh communication style and she needs to know where he's coming from when he's getting tough with Katina. So Elijah Wan starts off very positive about how like he and Katina have so much in common. And, you know, even when we're bored, we're happy and laughing, yada, yada, yada. And Dr. Pepper's like, okay, well, what would you need to see to keep being closer to Katina? And he's like, well, I just like keep being vulnerable and I need her to express who she is and to um, show that she, ha- he has a partner that's, you know, like not in my shadow. <laughs> and then he mentioned something that like about how he'll test her over and over again. Like I'll ask her something and, you know, I kind of feel like she just answers a question that she thinks how I, how I want it answered, but like, you know, I want her to feel like she can answer things how she wants to answer them. So Dr. Pepper tells Elijah Wan that he needs to tell Katina that in those moments that she's allowed to be different from him and to make her feel safe. But like, he also needs to understand that you are not getting honesty as a direct reaction to your behavior like i don't it's clearly not sinking into him (sighs) because like i'm sure he's saying cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
asking this is like, oh, this is another way to communicate in water. My intelligent mind, maybe I can hear from a dumb woman to hear how another dumb woman, how I can talk to her. Like, okay. Like, he doesn't take this as like, he's doing something wrong. It's like, she just doesn't get it. And so I'm just going to try it a different way. Then Elijah Wan brings up the dating app situation and Dr. Pepper's like, yeah, uh, about that. Uh, that part really upset me. And the part that really, really upset me was the fact that you guys were all lovey-dovey throughout that dinner. And then at the very end, you said there there was something that you were really upset about. And you said it in a way that like everybody was kind of taken aback. And the impression that I get is that you talked down to her. So Elijah Wan admits that he does get upset and he absolutely will get a little bit stern, but then he does not talk down to her or make her feel belittled. Does not happen. So when Dr. Pepper asks, hey, did you apologize for embarrassing her after that dinner? And he's like, yeah, of course. Like we had a real conversation and, you know, like I told her that like, I take that process really serious and I, that I didn't, if I didn't, I, I wouldn't care. Did you hear an apology in that? Your apology was, I did what I did because I care about you. That's not, sorry. It's like not anywhere close. That's, I feel totally justified in what I did. And it's because I have feelings for you. <laughs> abuse, abuse. Y'all, if a man says I'm hurting your feelings because I like you, run, run. Dr. Pepper asks Elijah on, well, you might say things are good, but I've heard that you told Katina that she has no life skills and that she's behind you in terms of maturation. So I would like to hear your side of that. Now she's talking and he starts laughing in this way of like, huh, okay, here's where we're going to go. Right. Right. And his response is, if anybody wants to say anything, they can say it to me because I don't like to play those games in the, my life. And I don't think it's funny. And then he starts getting all defensive as though like people are talking behind his back or something. Sir, you have a whole production. It is literally their job to report to the experts what it is that you're doing. That's the whole thing. That's why the experts are here. They know what has happened. Duh. You were on a TV show, sir. You have a microphone on, like right now. And there's probably a boom mic above you to catch the audio that's not being caught on your microphone. Like, you're acting like people are intentionally playing telephone behind your back to, like, talk shit about you. Has he not seen the show? <laughs> Bro. He goes on to say that Dr. Pepper is trying to make him look like the bad guy. And that... He's really bothered. And if that Katina feels like that's how he treats her, then she should just say no on decision day. So in a confessional, Elijah Wan says that he's not going to be doing that. He said, she said stuff with Dr. Pepper and that she was disrespecting him and spitting in his face. Dr. Pepper is completely unfazed by him. And she says, okay, if that's how you really feel about Katina, then like, what are other ways that you can communicate like that? You know? So that you can work on it together. 
He then claims that he has taken full responsibility for how he communicated with Katina in the beginning and that he's learned that he can't say what's upsetting him in order to make things better because Katina just balls up. Like he literally went into the fetal position to mock her. Then he says his communication in the beginning was wrong and that he's seen Katina actually be mature and do all the things that he claimed that she couldn't do. And then, you know, he's like, it's not, I don't, I don't feel like it's just a process of married at first sight. Like, you know, I just think this whole experience has made Katina grow up. Like it's not just me. It's the show too. Oh, thank you. You humble queen. Oh, it's King. Is it not just you? Thank you. It's the show that's making her grow up. So like, do you think that she actually is mature and that you just weren't seeing those things? Or do you think that she's only getting mature because of the show and you? Because it can't be both, you idiot. Then Dr. Pepper asks Elijah Wan what his answer would be on decision day. And he says that he doesn't want to answer that. But what he will say is that he would be upset if she said no. Well, I hope you feel that. I really, really do. So after all this, all of the couples, except for Noi, who wasn't feeling better, they meet up for an indoor volleyball day. I don't know what was so upsetting to me about seeing a bunch of sand in a enclosed space, but it just gave me the ick. Like, I know that logically, it's probably not true that like, sun and air is like sanitizing the outdoor sand on the beach but it just feels like sand needs to be aired out in my mind and so that just feels like and it looked wet it looked like wet sand I bet the inside of that gym just felt or whatever that space was just I bet it smelled (laughs) just seems like it would smell bad like the the constant moist sand in that like factory building that they kitted out to look like a volley. I don't know. It just seemed like it would smell bad. I I wasn't good at science. You guys, I'm sure this is completely factually incorrect, but just something about it. I just felt like that sand needed to touch air. I'm weird. You guys moving on. Um, They're playing volleyball and unbeknownst to them, Dr. Pepper and Pastor Cal are posted up watching them uh, interact with each other interact with other uh, couples interacting with the other couples and what's going on also apparently dr pepper's got a battery in her back more on that later so everybody's really bad at the sport except for steve i don't know why they keep making these people do physical activities that nobody seems to have ever done before <laughs> but whatever um Then they sit down to chat about what's going on with everybody's relationship. And Michael starts off by saying that he and Jasmina are having deeper conversations and that that's good. And then Mark goes and says that he and Lindsay have had a tough few days, but, you know, they keep going at each other and going for the jugular. Lindsay says that things have been tough for her because she keeps trying to make adjustments and she's just like a little bit more protective of herself and what she feels like she deserves instead of like what she wants to give to somebody, which I actually thought was pretty insightful. <laughs> like you're admitting that you're selfish, but at least, you know, like, cause what I'm seeing is somebody who's way more concerned about what they're getting out of the relationship than giving. So at least, you know, at least, you know, So Pastor Cal and Dr. Pepper are watching this and they both agree that 
they feel like Lindsay and Mark are afraid of their emotions, but at least Lindsay is being real with herself. And then Lindsay says that sometimes the best intentions, her best intentions don't have the best delivery. And she feels like she and Mark are in a bad cycle. And Cal and Pepper say in this moment that Lindsay's really trying to make a bid for Mark. And you can see her like the body language palpable. Like she's leaning in, like they're sitting in separate chairs, but like she's trying to lean closer to him. At one point she's trying to like touch his arm and stuff. And he like, (laughs) if he could sit on the arm of that chair, he would like, he is, could not be further from her. Like he's actively trying to physically separate himself from her. He looks like, He's completely shut down. And then it's Elijah Wan's turn and he apologizes to everybody for the dinner, which is something I can almost guarantee you he did uh, put more effort into than what he said to whatever he said to Katina behind closed doors. And so he like says that he's sorry, but then he says that he's not going to tiptoe around anybody. Uh, but they got to see that he cares about his wife. And again, like this he needs to divorce himself from this notion that like his violent rage is like passion based on his deep feelings for her. Like that's not, that's not love, baby. That's anger. That's anger. Then Elijah Wan says that Dr. Pepper had some concerns and that she said that, he belittles Katina and that in order to make himself feel better. And so, you know, what he said is that she has a wrong perception of them and that he's out here, like he's out there with his emotions and Katina's very reserved. And so it just might seem more intense because she's so like in herself. And then he asks Katina, he says, I asked my wife if I belittled her. And in this moment, She's like low in her seat. She's just looking at him. No expression. And then she starts to smile, but like closed mouth, clearly I'm uncomfortable kind of smile. He's like, I asked her if I, if I belitted her. And you know, this is the look that she gave me when I said that. And I was like, this look, because that's not encouraging. And that's, if that is the look that I'm looking at that she gave you, then you did not hear what she said. He goes on to say that Dr. Pepper was just talking about what she heard. And so he had to remind her, he had to remind Dr. Pepper that he's not going to do the he said, she said, and that he feels like as an expert, um, Dr. Pepper shouldn't have fed into that. And that what she should have done is to try to get to know two people and to go off of that. And then he straight up says that 90% of his meeting with Dr. Pepper was a waste of time and that she did not help him at all. I believe that you feel that. And I believe that that's true. It was a waste of time because you're stupid and you did not hear a single thing that she said. So as Dr. Pepper is watching this, she goes, keep talking, Elijah Juan, keep talking. Okay. And so he does keep talking and he says that Dr. Pepper needs to stop bringing negative shit. She needs to bring something that's going to help. And at that point, Pastor Cal and Dr. Pepper decide to uh, mosey them way downstairs. And Jasmina is the first one who sees them and is like, oh, my God. <laughs> Steve's face is getting all red. Elijah Wan looks like, yeah, you wouldn't have said that shit if you had known that she was there. I know that's true. 
So they go down, they sit down, and Dr. Pepper's like, I want to go through all the couples because we've been watching you guys and I just want to give you some advice. So Lindsay honks and she says, oh, am I going to be the first victim? <laughs> and um, <laughs> Dr. Pepper's like, eh, I think I'm going to put you second. Hi, Elijah Wan. So she says, you know, what I did in my interview with... Elijah Juan, which he loves so much, was to have him interpret what I was hearing from the people who watch him every day so that he can clear out from his point of view what's being said or what was shared with me. But we're not here to go back and forth with that, like, period. You know, what matters is that the marriage is going well. Like, Okay, this is a point I was like, okay, well, were you going to say something with your whole chest or not? Like, let's, let's get into it. You know, like, if you're feeling some type of way about what he said, pop off, right? <laughs> It'd be like, it's not a matter of like, um, stop acting like I'm trying to like sneak and find out information about your relationship and then like, throw you under the bus about it. Like, I'm on this show. I'm a host of the show. I'm doing my job. So if I'm hearing what you're doing, it's because production is also seeing this. You're seeing a whole team of people who are also seeing your behavior on television and are picking up this attitude from you. Like, (laughs) does this man know he's on camera? (laughs) Like, what's going on? In a confessional, Elijah Wan says that, you know, maybe things didn't come out right during their first one-on-one, but he was happy that Dr. Pepper cleared the air, that this is their marriage and how they get along, and they can't shape it to make America or anybody else happy. So, okay. Again, (laughs) for somebody who claims to be, like, the height of maturity and so prepared for marriage, you're not understanding anything that is being said at all, unless it makes you feel better or makes you feel like a good person or compliments you or whatever. He's, I, I, (sighs) (laughs) and also like, there's nothing more annoying than like a us against the world, Bonnie and Clyde couple. It's like, we, you guys don't understand our love and you don't have to understand. Like this is our, our choice. And like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's fine. Like, Nobody really needs to be in your relationship if it's, like, healthy. Or at least if you guys are happy, right? Like, not every relationship has to make sense to everybody fair. But also, if you feel like all of America might be against what's going on, I don't know, like, maybe take a minute, three minutes maybe, to, like, sink into why people feel that way. Just, like, listen, you know? Because that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Like, Khloe Kardashian doesn't start trending every 17 minutes because people just want to be in her business. It's because that man keeps playing in her face and playing in the face of dozens of other women. Like, at some point, we have to open our eyes and our ears to what is going on. And if people are talking about it, it might be something worth listening to. Anyway, um... I also, it's worth saying, like I said, Katina stopped talking. We did not see Katina talk after her conversation with Pastor Cal. At no point does she open her mouth. I mean, I think maybe she was happy playing uh, volleyball at some point, but like, with regard to her relationship and how she's feeling, 
I don't really feel like we got a clear answer. And maybe this is like a good thing. And she's just keeping quiet, like keep calm, keeping calm and carrying on until she makes it to the, the decision day. That's what I'm hoping. Just like, okay, this man doesn't respect me. So what I'm going to do, this is, this would be the Barry method for me, the Kara method. Okay. Um, keep it real cute. And I think my sister Kelly said this too. <laughs> Let him feel very secure. And then at decision day, you say, no, sir. You hit him with the okie doke. Okay. It's all or nothing. And I'm saying nothing. Anyway, then they move on to Mark and Lindsay and they bring up how Mark and Lindsay are basically in a shitty cycle because Lindsay reacts to sadness with anger, but her anger makes Mark shut down. So Dr. Pepper encourages Lindsay to open up more about her sadness again. And then Dr. Points, Dr. Pepper points out that Lindsay, when Lindsay tried to reach out to Mark physically, he could not move further away in his chair. And she encourages Mark to just touch her <laughs> when they're upset to try to keep the connection going. And then Pastor Cal tells Lindsay to give Mark just a little bit more space for his feelings to develop and does his famous like marriage is not for punks speech. Great. The episode ends with Jasmina and Michael, and she says that she's trying to be more vulnerable. And then pastor Cal asks if the physical intimacy has gotten anywhere between them. And Jasmina says what she said to Dr. Pepper, which is like, I'm not withholding. I'm not being like cold or whatever, but like we'll hug we hang out on the couch, but you know, it's not really a matter of accepting physical touch. It's that I don't feel anything when it happens because we don't have a deep connection or a strong foundation. So Dr. Pepper suggests that she changed her wording about not having that feeling to, I don't have that feeling yet because they're still working on things and to kind of like what Lindsay said, what she said to Lindsay, which is to, you know, not make things be so final. Pastor Cal then Tells everybody, like, I told you guys things would be tough. And, you know, if you guys do the work, you guys can have a happy marriage. And that was the end. It looks like next week we are going to the couples retreat, which means that we've only got like a handful of episodes left because I feel like we have like couples retreat. Maybe we'll get one or two episodes depending on who's wild in. But it seemed like a preview wasn't really that crazy. Um, and... See, like Mark maybe threatened somebody physically. I would like to see that. Um, so we have like maybe one or two couples t- episodes of that. And then like, basically that's like the last week, right? I think they only have a few days between the couples retreat and uh decision day. So whew, we're, we're winding up. I'm actually like, are you guys more interested in seeing decision day or less because you feel like everybody's going to say no. (laughs) Okay. I was just, I talked myself out of that feeling. I was like, Oh, I am excited. But then I realized there's nothing to be excited about. So, okay. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Thank me for speaking. Love you.